going next week. Don't be ridiculous. You'll stay. Here he put down his spoon and came over to my side of the table. With one of those extraordinary hands of his, he lifted me by the arm and steered me over to a window of the dining room that looked out across modern Jerusalem to the old walled city. See that tree, he said. That's a Jewish tree. See that bird? That's a Jewish bird. See, up there, a Jewish cloud. There is no country for a Jew, but here. Then he set me back down where I could resume eating. Shuki said to his father once he was over his plate again, I think that Nathan's experience makes him see things differently. What experience? The voice was brusque, as it hadn't been with me. He needs us. Mr. Al-Khanan pointed out to his son, and even more than we need him. Is that so? Shuki said softly, and continued eating. However earnest I may have been at twenty-seven, however dutifully, obstinately sincere, I really didn't want to tell my friend's well-meaning, stoop-shouldered old father just how wrong he was, and in response to their exchange, I merely shrugged. He lives in a museum! Mr. Elchanan said angrily. Shuki half nodded. This, too, he seemed to have heard before. And so Mr. Elchanan turned to say it again, directly to me. You are. We are living in a Jewish theater. And you are living in a Jewish museum. Tell him, Nathan, said Shuki, about your museum. Don't worry, he's been debating with me since I was five. He can take it. So I did as Shuki said, and... For the remainder of the lunch, I told him, as was my style in my twenties, with fathers particularly, told him over-passionately and at enormous length. I wasn't improvising either. These were conclusions I'd been reaching on my own in the last few days, the result of traveling for three weeks through a Jewish homeland that couldn't have seemed to me more remote. To be the Jew that I was, I told Shuki's father, which was neither more nor less than the Jew I wished to be, I didn't need to live in a Jewish nation any more than he, from what I understood, felt obliged to pray in a synagogue three times a day. My landscape wasn't the Negev wilderness or the Galilean hills or the coastal plain of ancient Philistia. It was industrial immigrant America, Newark where I'd been raised, Chicago where I'd been educated, and New York where I was living in a basement apartment on a lower east side street among poor Ukrainians and Puerto Ricans. My sacred text wasn't the Bible— but novels translated from Russian, German, and French into the language in which I was beginning to write and publish my own fiction, not the semantic range of classical Hebrew, but the jumpy beat of American English was what excited me. I was not a Jewish survivor of a Nazi death camp in search of a safe and welcoming refuge, or a Jewish socialist for whom the primary source of injustice was the evil of capital, or a nationalist for whom cohesiveness was a Jewish political necessity— Nor was I a believing Jew, a scholarly Jew, or a Jewish xenophobe who couldn't bear the proximity of Goyim. I was the American-born grandson of simple Galician tradesmen who, at the end of the last century, had on their own reached the same prophetic conclusion as Theodor Herzl, that there was no future for them in Christian Europe, that they couldn't go on being themselves there without inciting to violence ominous forces against which they hadn't the slightest means of defense— 
But instead of struggling to save the Jewish people from destruction by founding a homeland in the remote corner of the Ottoman Empire that had once been biblical Palestine, they simply set out to save their own Jewish skins. Insomuch as Zionism meant taking upon oneself, rather than leaving to others, responsibility for one's survival as a Jew, this was their brand of Zionism. And it worked. Unlike them, I had not grown up hedged in by an unnerving Catholic peasantry that could be whipped into a Jew-hating fervor by the village priest or the local landowner. Even more to the point, my grandparents' claim to legitimate political entitlement had not been staked in the midst of an alien indigenous population that had no commitment to Jewish biblical rights and no sympathy for what a Jewish god said in a Jewish book about what constitutes Jewish territory in perpetuity. In the long run, I might even be far more secure as a Jew in my homeland than Mr. Elchanan Shuki and their descendants could ever be in theirs. I insisted that America simply did not...